Hi everybody, this is Pastor Mark and it is Sunday, March 29th. And I want to talk to you this morning about Lazarus being the target for persecution in John chapter 12, verse 9 through 11. It's just a, a short snippet, but in John 12, 9 through 19, we see the Apostle John's record of the triumphal entry. The triumphal entry is what we refer to as Jesus' entrance into the city of Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Now, Palm Sunday is remembered by Christians with palm branches, which were waved in celebration and adoration of Jesus as he was welcomed by the crowds of common people as the long-predicted Messiah of Israel. The people cry out, Hosanna, meaning God save us now, or save us now, as they quote from the ancient Psalms of Israel, and hope that Jesus will soon be seated as king on the ancient throne of David. John in particular sandwiches the triumphal entry with statements about Lazarus before and after the triumphal entry in John chapter 12. Now Lazarus had recently been resurrected by Jesus outside Jerusalem in the village of Bethany. And so let's read in John chapter 12 starting in verse 9. It says this, When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he'd raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. That was verses 9 through 11 of John chapter 12. The people didn't just want to see Jesus. They wanted to see Lazarus also. Lazarus was the walking proof that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and that whoever believes in Jesus, though he dies, yet he shall live again. See Jesus' statement in John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. Even before the final suffering of Jesus, the words of Paul to Timothy are illustrated here in the plot of the leaders to terminate Lazarus. This is my thinking, but I think this applies to before the cross with Lazarus. When Paul writes this to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, verse 12 and 13, Paul says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Simply put, to associate with Jesus means that we will suffer. To follow Jesus means that we risk everything that is mortal to inherit everything that is immortal. But it's worth the cost. But never forget that it does indeed cost. There is a price to pay. That price has been paid by countless martyrs down through history, beginning with Abel, who died at the murderous hands of his treacherous brother Cain. See Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 16. Take note in Genesis 4 of the motive for the first murder. It was because Cain would rather kill his brother than face the fact that his own deeds were judged inadequate in the eyes of God. God even warned Cain that sin was ready to have him, and God advised Cain to rule over sin. But Cain gave vent to his anger. He struck down his brother in cold blood. 
and became the first persecutor of worshipers in spirit and in truth. Cain's spiritual offspring have been many, the pagans of Rome who threw disciples of Jesus to the beasts in the arenas in the first three centuries of Christian history, the Roman emperor Nero who burned believers alive with fire while sarcastically remarking, now you are the light of the world. The Nazis who imprisoned the Christian pastor and theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer and led him out naked to be executed at the Flossenburg concentration camp in the spring of 1945. And the list goes on, and the persecution goes on in our world today in countries such as Iran and Syria, North Korea, China, and more. If you want to learn more about persecution, a valuable resource is Fox's Book of Martyrs, written by John Fox. But as horrible as this is, remember that Abel's offspring have been many also, and they joined the ranks of the faithful listed in Hebrews chapter 11 as those who were willing to follow Jesus with faith, courage, and abandon. As I mentioned above, Dietrich Bonhoeffer could have weathered the war against the Nazis from safety in America, but he returned to Germany to aid the effort to resist Hitler, and it cost him his life. At one point in his life, Pastor Bonhoeffer wrote these words. He said, When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Let me tell you about the life of another remarkable Christian leader named Joseph Mainzenti. Mainzenti was a cardinal of the Roman Catholic Church in Hungary during the days of communist occupation. He was imprisoned by the communists from 1945 to 1956. Before that time, he opposed fascism in Hungary also. But in 1956, there was a brief uprising against the Soviets in Hungary that was put down within hours. But during those precious hours of freedom, Mainzenti took to the radio and broadcast his opposition to communism and advocated for freedom, including democratic constitutional government and property rights. When the Soviet army crushed the uprising eight hours later, the cardinal sought refuge in the American embassy in Budapest, where he stayed until 1971. Cardinal Mainzenti was a faithful follower of Christ and opposed totalitarianism no matter what form it had taken. While he was in prison, he was beaten with rubber truncheons, you know, the old uh, bats or sticks that police would carry with them. Well, he was beaten. He was victimized in other ways, including being fed mind-altering drugs, which had been mixed into his food. Mainzenti's life was lived for Christ behind the Iron Curtain. His story reminds me of the words of Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8 through 13, when Paul writes this. He says, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. 
The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8 through 13. So all this is to illustrate the illogical hatred toward those who are associated with Jesus. The religious leaders of Israel were filled with the same blindness, hatred, anger, and thirst for power that has taken many forms down through history. But the result is always the same, the persecution of God's people. Now imagine with me for a moment, back in John chapter 12, if the leaders there had been successful in killing Lazarus. Lazarus had already died once because of sickness. Then he had been raised by Jesus. That's recorded in John chapter 11. What might Jesus have done if the chief priest has succeeded in killing Lazarus a second time? Is it possible that there would have been a second resurrection of Lazarus at the hand of Jesus? The point is this. With Jesus, there is nothing to fear. He has promised us life, and far too many of us are afraid of the storms of life, which God uses to be our greatest triumphs. God often tests us to show others just how awesome and how powerful he is. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, Paul says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And he goes on in Romans chapter 8 to give us incredible statements of courage. Let me close with this. In Romans 8, verse 31 and following, Paul says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, and who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So remember, saints, God often tests us to show others just how awesome and powerful he is. God bless you.